say thank you to our worship team, please? Come on, so good. You guys crushed it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, we are so blessed by our worship team. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you turn me, please, to Psalm 128. We're going to be in Psalm 128 for this week, next week, as we just uh, we look at building strong families. And today, man, we're going to juice it up today, jacked for today, pumped for today, as if, it, if you are building a strong family, Bible-wise, right, this is our guide. Ladies and gentlemen, people of Believer's Chapel, people online, this is the deal, man. We get our guidance from the Word of God. We believe it is absolutely accurate, that it is true, 66 letters that are God's Word to us, and we ought to follow Him. And we are in this today, and we look at if you are going to build strong families, it takes a strong man to lead that family. And we're going to look at what it looks like today in being a strong man, what it looks like today to be the head of that house, what it looks like today if I'm looking at Psalm 128 and saying, I want that. I want to be blessed. I want to walk in abundance of joy and happiness. I want to do it his way because his way brings that blessing and that gladness. Man, I want a wife who is fruitful. I want children who grow like like the depth of strength of an olive tree. This is what I want. I want grandchildren who serve you. Then the Bible says this, man, you want God's program. You do it God's way. And God's way is you build strong families. It starts with having a strong man as a lead in that home. And I'm excited for this day. Buckle up. And let's hear this today. So this is this week. And then next week, we look at that wife, what the Bible talks about in Psalm 128, about that wife that is that fruitful vine and that children that is like an olive tree around your table and grandchildren. We get deep into that next week. And then the week after that, two weeks from now, we start a new series called Reality Check. And I'm jacked about this series, man. I'm, I'm excited to bring a series to Believer's Chapel that, man, we need a serious reality check, whether that be in society, whether that be sticking to the reality of truth, uh, God's word as truth, and we're called to live it out. Um, we are going to be dealing with the reality check when it comes to gender, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to these huge spiritual issues of today. People want to mix politics and, and, and the word. Man, the reality is these are spiritual issues and not political issues. The enemy has made them political issues, and these are all spiritual issues. We're going to look at personal holiness. We're going to look at why are we okay with so much sin? It's never okay to be okay with sin. We're going to check out the box of holiness and godliness. We're going to do, there's going to be a lot to this series called Reality Check, and I'm excited uh, for so many people. I tell you what, man, the region is hungry for truth. The region's hungry for truth. God's word is truth. And we're looking forward to this upcoming series. And then following that series, we're going to start a marriage series, a true marriage series. And we're excited for that as well. So there's a lot happening here at BC. Pumped uh, to see God doing a great work here. Uh, Excited for the fall and so many different ministries now starting to kick up again. You'll hear more on that as they come closer uh, to time of kicking off. So uh, BC, great place, great people. Uh, We trust and love the word of God. And we're going to see what God has for us even in this moment today. So I hope that you're ready. Come on, let's pray. God, speak to us in this moment. God, I pray for every husband. I pray for every wife. God, I pray for every high school student. I pray for every every teenager. God, I pray for every college student. God, wherever we're at in life, this is for us. This is for, for us here now today. Psalm 128, God, I pray that we would hear what you would have for us in this moment. In Jesus' name, come on, amen? Amen. amen. Come on, you might be here and you might be thinking, well, I, listen, I'm... I'm 
I am not married, so does this apply? Or, or I've had a struggle in marriage and I'm no longer married, does this apply? I'm, a, I'm a, a high school student. How does that have to do with me as a young man, as a high school student, or as a young woman, as a high school student, or a college student going, listen, I'm single, but looking like there's so much to this. And I'm telling you, man, this is a word for every person that hears this word. Every person who, who is in this room and online, man, that you would hear this um, because we need to be led in a strong family unit. And, and I believe this, that men need to show up, that true godly men need to show up to their God-given responsibility of what it really means to be a strong man leading the home. We don't need a bunch of sissies leaving the home, leading the home. We don't need a bunch of a bunch of wimps leading the home. And this is an amazing message because someone walked out of church today and said, Sean, how do we find that godly man? Like, where do we find that godly man? Where do we find the man that you're talking about today? And I said, Well, you find him where God-fearing men should be. And I believe you find him in church. You're not gonna find a God-fearing man in a bar. You're not gonna find a God for like you find him in church. God-fearing men should be in church. It was, it was an, a, an absolute great question where the answer says, you, where, where do you find? I asked the question. She asked the question, I asked the question. Well, where should God-fearing men be? Well, in church. That's your answer. So when we see this today, we have to understand something right off the gate. You hear me say this constantly. You look at Genesis 1. In the beginning of God's creation, he created man in his image, and he created male and female, right? And then God blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply, Genesis 1, 27 and 28. And when you see the, in the very beginning of creation, God said, there's man and there's woman, and they're made in my, they created in my image and my likeness, which just screams this church. It screams man and woman, equal value, equal worth. Equal value, equal worth, different roles. Write that down and you'll understand this deeper, right? Equal value, equal worth. It is not that one is more important than the next. It is not that one carries a higher value than the next. In the beginning, God created man and he created woman and he says they are both made in my image and likeness, which I love it because it evens the playing field when it talks of value and it talks of worth. But God has given us different roles. And if you want a strong family, the role of the man, the husband, is to lead. Is to lead. Come on, let's, let's look at this. Psalm 128, please. We're going to go to several places today. I want to make this abundantly clear from God's word. And don't you dare let anybody talk you out of it, man. This is God's word. Let's read it and see it. Come on. Uh, Psalm 128. Verse one, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. How blessed is everyone. That word blessed, we covered this last week. It is talking about being abundant, being full of, being full of joy, being full of gladness, being happy. That's what blessed means. Abundant goodness. That's what blessed means. How blessed, how, how joyful, how happy, how full. This is talking about abundance. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, walks in his ways. Covered that last week. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. For your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. We'll cover verses three and four next week. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house and your children like an olive plant. Olive plant is strong and secure. That's what this is talking about. Again, we'll cover that next week. Around your table. Yet for... Behold, for thus shall the man, this is talking about the husband, be blessed who fears the Lord. 
Church, what happens when you see this and put a, a, a strong family? Here at Believer's Chapel, we started saying, listen, we want to build strong families and strong relationships. We want people in, in Believer's Chapel to have the unit that God has created for a man and a woman, for a husband and a wife, for, for a, a son and a daughter, for a brother and sister to walk in the way that God has created for a household to be. This has been our plan from the beginning. Right? And then build strong relationships. We love the friendships. We love the relationships that are happening at Believer's Chapel. This is what I love about BC. This is what I love about BC. We have an amazing foundation of really strong men. We have an amazing foundation in this church of strong men. Men who lead. Men who are strong. Men, men who understand that manhood, that call to be a man. That they, they get this. And I love the foundation of Believer's Chapel. I love where we're at in the sense of the men that we have in this church. I believe that this is true. In order to get the families, you need to get the men. And when you get the men, then you get the families. And when you get the families, then you get the community. We, we are doing everything we can to reach this community with God's truth, with the truth of God's word. Right? There'll be a fight for that. We continue to strive. We continue to grow. We continue to see God's hand move at Believer's Chapel. God's favor is on this church. It is a special place because of the people, because of God's hand. It's incredible. But we have laid a foundation to say we build, we, we believe in man leadership. We believe in the foundation of husbands and how they lead their families. And we have such a strong, strong sense of, of just a foundation of building strong men that are leading strong families. And when you have strong families in your church, that's when you can build such great community and win this region in such a powerful way because they see God's design plan for family. And this is where we're at. And I love where we're at in this church in this. I love where we're at in this church in this. Right? Uh, uh, keep your finger in Psalm 128. I'm going to just, it's not on the screen, but I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 16. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 16. I was reading through Corinthians, and, and I, I, love, I love this verse because it makes it very clear. And this is speaking to men. It says this, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. I love that. Act like men. Be strong. And be abundant in your love. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. And above all, love. Act like men. Well, Sean, what does that mean? Don't act like a woman. Because <laughs> there's a difference. So when you, when you, when you understand that there is a biblical call for men to act like men. There's a biblical call of what it really looks like for the man to be the lead of his home and the benefit that is to the home. Ephesians 5.23 makes it so clear. Husbands, you are, and this isn't the marriage series, this is building strong families. You cannot have a strong family if you have a weak man leading. You need a strong man to lead. Now listen, I know, I know this, please hear me. As the pastor of B.C., I know that there are many in this church who are maybe divorced, they're single women, they're, they're single parents. As a mom, they, they've, they've, they've had horrible experience with, with a, a husband, they've had a horrible, horrible experience with men. And I know that there's even men in this church 
who they want to take the lead, but they have an overbearing wife who won't ever give up the reins. So I know that this would be one of those messages that I hope uh, you see it not through my eyes at all. Please, you see it through what the Bible says. If you're going to have a strong marriage, a strong family, then, man, we need strong men to show up. We need men to take their place. We need men to be strong. Again, please hear me. Don't misunderstand. Equal value, equal worth. This doesn't mean that the man, ha, I'm the most important. Please stop. You're about to fall. No, this is talking about equal value, equal worth, but different roles. God's idea. God's idea. When you have a, a woman who is an overbearing woman, you have a woman who wants to be in control. You have a woman who won't give up the reins. You have a woman who won't walk into place to understand that, that headship of the husband. When Jesus said, Ephesians 5, 23, through Paul, he says, listen, husband is the head of the wife. Just as Christ is the head of the church. And I want us to hear this, men, because when you understand what the word head means, it means you're the accountable spiritual leader of the home. One of the ingredients of acting like a man is being responsible. If you're going to act like a man as the Bible speaks to us, then that means we need to take responsibility for our home. We need to take responsibility for our marriage. We need to take responsibility for our children. We need to take responsibility for our finances. We need to take responsibility for the protection of our home. This is on us men. Strong families are led by a strong man. I mean, I heard a, a preacher, it was a couple weeks ago, and I was just kind of bummed because I kind of like him, and it was just like, then he started getting, ah, a little too fluffy for me. And he was preaching on something similar to this. And then he, then he said something, and then he says this. And besides that, it's 2022. Brother, I just, in that one sentence, have lost everything in my respect for that communicator. As if the date changes the word of God. As if we, here's the problem today, as if we are supposed to change the way we think biblically because of what year it is. No, the Bible says don't add to it. Proverbs 30, don't add to it, don't take away from it, or you will be proved a liar. Except in 2022, when everything's chaos and crazy. Like, if you do it in 2022, then you get a pass. Not even close. Church, this is a timeless word. This is a timeless word. And you better be very careful on who you listen to. Because if any communicator actually thinks that, listen, come on, guys. It's 2022. Catch up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because someone thinks that it changes because of the winds of time. Man, that's horrible communication in Bible-wise. We need to be careful on this. What does the truth of God's word say? Husbands, you are held responsible. You are held responsible. And we see that even in the very first marriage. And I really need to make this this, this truth very clear that if I'm going to be a strong man, then that means I carry the load. If I'm going to be a strong man, I'm not talking about your bench press. I'm more talking about your character. I'm more talking about what you got on the inside. I'm more talking about you being able to carry the load. Yes, I am talking about you being stronger in a sense physically, 
Like the Bible says, the wife is the weaker vessel. That's not talking about anything of on the inside. It's talking about who does, who, who's able to, to win at the, the arm wrestling match, right? That's what that's speaking of. That's speaking of when someone uh, that you don't want come to the front door at 2 a.m., who's the one getting out of bed to go take the dude out? Like, who's, that's not on the wife. That's on the husband. Who is the one who is to protect the family? When, when there's attack against the family, it's not on the wife or the children's shoulders. It's on the husband's shoulders. That, that doesn't have anything to do with how much you can bench press that how much that has everything to do with what's on the inside of you to protect and fight for your family so when I say building strong men to lead these families I'm speaking to men on the inside that there is this sense of character and there's a sense of strength there's the sense of I need to own up to my own responsibility I am held in account and we see that in the very first parents Come on, show me Genesis 3, please. Genesis 3. Because I, I, I got to make this clear today that, it, that it, it doesn't change because it's 2022, for goodness sake. My goodness, I heard that. I almost fell out my chair. I'm like, what are you talking about? But, but that can become a mindset if you're not careful. Let's look at the timeless book here, The Truth of God's Word in Genesis uh, chapter 3. This is, uh, you know the story. If you don't know the story, it's just a simple story of the fall of man. Right? God created all things, called it good. Created male, female, Adam, Eve, and put them in a garden. And God told Adam. He gave instruction to Adam to say, listen, Adam, this is the deal. Genesis 2. The garden's amazing. Get this scene, church. The garden is an incredible place. It's perfect. There's no weeds right? Animals are vegetarians. Like nobody's worried about, about the dinosaurs. T-Rex are high-fiving the little arms with the teeth. Like this is what's happening, right? They're not eating people, right? Sin hadn't shown up. It's perfect grounds. It's perfect fruit. It's perfect food. Everything about the garden is God blessed and God's hand and the seeds are amazing. It's perfect. It's perfect. And God shows up and says, Adam, the whole place is yours. Eat anything you want. Don't touch this tree. Don't eat of this tree. That's what God said. Don't eat of this fruit's tree. This tree's fruit. You mean, I can have everything else. The whole place is yours. It's amazing because we had a work party over at BC West this week. Uh, we had a staff over and we were doing all kinds of different things and we were doing some weeding and some mulching and it's amazing because I'm pulling these weeds and we're, we're filling some things up and I was reminded of how sin and weeds are very similar. Like if you don't tend to weeds they just continue to spread. They continue to grow. And it just makes something so beautiful, just ugly and nasty. And it's the same thing as sin. If we don't deal with the sin in our life, it could take something that is so beautiful and make us nasty. We've got to deal with sin. As much as you deal with the weeds in the garden, this is just totally extra. It had nothing to do with the message. But I'm picking weeds. I'm thinking of sin going, oh man, I better... I make sure that I am clean from sin and walking it away because sin like weeds, if you don't tend to it, it makes you ugly, right? But you look at this, that Adam was in this beautiful, perfect, God-given, God-created garden and said, bro, the whole place is yours. Don't eat this tree's fruit. One tree, one tree. Don't, don't eat it. Man, that sounds simple. And Adam goes to his wife. Honey, the place is yours. Happy wife, happy life. Place is yours. Everything you need is perfect. You don't got a weed. You ain't got to worry about animals. You ain't got to worry about insects. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Like the place is yours. It's amazing. 
But just, honey, listen, please hear me. This one tree, God said, don't eat of its fruit. Just one. You got the whole place to yourself. Just don't eat this one tree's fruit. We get it? Got it. High five. Eve, all is good. And all of a sudden, Satan shows up in snake form. Doesn't come to Adam, but comes to Eve. Doesn't, listen, 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 men, if you're building strong families and you're a strong man, you better be aware the enemy is going to sidekick you and go to your family. He's going to try to get at your wife. He's going to try to get to your kids and he's going to kind of go right around you. It doesn't, like if you're that strong man, he may not come to you. He's going to go around you and try to attack your wife. He's going to go around and try to get to your kids. But where are you in this, right? Where are you in this? Where, where Satan comes to Eve, there, there's this, this scene of deception that takes place. Did God really say that? Oh, go ahead. And I love this. I want to read this to you. Uh, chapter three, verse five. For God knows that in that day, this is what Satan is speaking to Eve. In that day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Church, what was the one tree that they couldn't eat from? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's amazing to me that when you read this, you understand Satan knows. Satan knew what that tree was. Satan knew that's the tree that leads to good and evil. That's the tree that God said that they can't eat. Satan knew. And he came and he baited Eve. And then as Eve was in tune to be deceived and walk in deception, she hands the fruit over to Adam. And then Adam eats as well. And then we see this whole thing unfold that then God shows up in the garden after this. And here's this beautiful encounter that we could learn so much from as being the responsible one. Gentlemen, it's on us that we're going to be held in account. Like when you understand, Sean, you are the head of this household. Sean, you're the head. You will be the accountable spiritual leader of your home. If God says, Sean, you're the accountable spiritual leader of your home, then I have to understand that promise. I will be held in account. Period. Gentlemen, what happens if we understand this biblical truth that I am the accountable spiritual leader of the home? Then that is a promise to me Shonda, you will give an account. And you will be held responsible. Ah! Like, that's a wake-up call. That, that's a wake-up call that God says, listen, if you're going to have a strong family, it's going to be led by a strong man. We need strong male leadership in our homes. Because you and I, whether you love, well, I don't believe that. I don't care because you're going to be held in account. You can believe that it's not raining out, but grab your umbrella because you're going to get wet. You can claim whatever you want to claim. Well, I don't see it that way. Well, I'm going to show you it that way. The Bible is true. Ephesians 5.23, husbands, you're the head of your house. You are the head of your wife. You are the accountable spiritual leader of your home. And then you see where Eve was deceived. And then God shows up, verse 9, and the Lord God called to the man. Who did he go to first? Hey, Adam, where are you? As if God didn't know. 
Where are you? You can imagine that. Adam and Eve, they're trying to hide behind a tree. Like, dude, seriously, bro. You're like, oh, you found us. Like, you're really bad at lost and found. Like, you're like hide and seek. Like, dude, you're playing hide and seek with God. Then you're just, oh, Eve, he found us. No kidding. He's God, right? Like, hello. Ah. And he calls to the man. He goes to the head of the house and said, hey, where are you? And Adam says this, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And the Lord says this, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And then here's where we get it, man. The game started in the garden and it's never stopped. And then Adam said, the woman you gave to me, she gave me it and I ate. And amazing, right off the bat, I mean, day one of sin, the blame game begins. Hey, you, you, hey, I didn't create her. You gave her to me. This is her fault. So God goes to Adam first, and then God goes to the woman. He goes to Eve. Well, what's your story? Man, the serpent showed up, and he calls me to eat. Blame game. So God's like, all right, chain of command. He goes to Satan. He goes to the serpent who's deceived as the Satan, the deceiver's serpent form. He says, okay, what's your story? Like, I love, I love it where God is like Adam first and then Eve, and then he goes right to Satan. He says this, you know what? Because you're the deceiver from here forward, you're gonna, as to a snake, you're now gonna uh, move on your belly only. And I love this and read this. It's like, okay, who's actually really in control here? I love this because God goes to his creation, man first, and then he goes to Eve, and then he goes to Satan and says, listen, dude, this is the deal. Church, please hear me. Satan never tells God what to do. God always tells Satan what to do. Right in the very beginning, we begin to get this very clear picture of who's actually in charge. God is sovereign, and he is in control. God gave the command to Adam. Adam was then responsible to give the command to Eve. Eve got deceived. Adam blamed God and the wife. The wife blamed Satan. God dealt with Satan. Out of all of this, who catches the blame? Who's held responsible? Come on, Romans chapter five, please. Church, this is a huge point. Please don't miss this. Husbands, you need to hear this. Young adults, if you're a teenage male, you need to hear this. If you're a college man, you need to hear this. Ladies, I need you to hear this. If you got some dude who's such a sissy and such a wimp, doesn't know what it is to provide, he doesn't know what it is to protect, he doesn't know what it is to take responsibility, bounce him quick. This is why we love the bridge ministry. This is why we love breakaway. Breakaways are 18 and under. Bridge is 24 and under to 18. Like, well, this is why we love these ministries that we wanna, we wanna just instruct this generation on what it is to begin right, to start right. Start right. Find that man that you know is a strong man. 
I'm not talking about his bench press. I'm talking about that he is strong of character. He is strong of integrity. He knows what it is to take responsibility. He knows what it is to provide. The Bible says this, he who does not provide for his own family is worse than the unbeliever. Laziness has no place in the house, according to a man. Listen, you better be a man and you better be working. Listen, Bible work was sun up, sun down. Right? These, some of these dudes today go, man, I put in three hours a day. Well, pick it up, bro. That's the morning. Get on it. Like, go get a second job then. My son Ethan has four jobs. He's 16 years old. He has four legit jobs. He's 16 years old. Church, when you understand this, and you realize what it is to work, you better find a man who knows what labor looks like and goes, goes to work. Church, what happens? When we see who's held responsible. Romans 5 says this. Verse 12 says this. Therefore, just as though one man sinned, That's Adam. Just as through one man's sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, dead, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who's held responsible. In the offense of Adam, who's a type of him, that's Christ, who is to come. You look at verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one, that's Adam, death reigned through the one, that's Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one, that is Jesus Christ. When you see God gave instruction to the man, when everything went sideways, who did he come to? He came to the man. Yes, he dealt with Eve. Yes, he dealt with Satan. But the responsibility and the accountability fell on Adam. So what is it to be that strong man? What is it to, to understand my place, to act like a man, my place um, to take responsibility? Like what is the spiritual temperature of your home? I love this because this, this can be uh, quite pointed and this could really get into your grill a little bit and you'll be like, all right, man, what is the spiritual temperature of my home? Like, am I leading my home? Am I, am I leading my wife spiritually? Are we, are we praying together? Are we getting in the word together? Are we, are we walking in, in a manner that's right and worthy of him? Do we care about our holiness and righteousness? Like, am I, am I doing that? Am I doing that? But I think once you understand the truth of God's word saying, listen, I will be held in account. I will be held in account to what this looks like. And you see this amazing picture 
In Joshua 24, you see this amazing picture, Joshua 24, 14 and 15. You got, you got Joshua, and he's this big, strong dude, and he's this big leader, and he's leading Israel, and he looks at Israel, and Israel's just a train wreck at this point, right, following all these other gods. And Joshua looks to the crowd, millions of people this time, and said, listen, listen, either you're going to go the way of your forefathers and follow false gods. I would encourage you in sincerity to walk in a matter of serving God and walking in a fear of the Lord. That's, that's Joshua saying, listen, in all sincerity, fear the Lord and walking away of him. But if you do not, if you choose otherwise, he says, know this, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. He didn't put his wife up there to say that. He didn't put the kids up there to say that. He said, no, listen, you make your decision, I'm gonna make my decision. I encourage you to walk in a great sincerity of fearing the Lord and serving him. I want you to love him. I want you to serve him. I want you to walk in the fear of him, but you do what you're gonna do. I want you to know this, me and my house, we're serving him. Me and my house, we're gonna walk in the fear of him. Me and my house, we're gonna love him with everything we got. I don't, I'm gonna point to that, I want you to do that, but you gotta choose. Just know this, that's for me and my house. That's our direction, and that's where we're going. You didn't see his wife say that. Man, Joshua understood what it was to lead. Joshua understood what it was to take the reins of his home and say, we're going to walk in a way to please the Lord and fear the Lord. We're going to walk in a way to walk in sincerity of our reverence and our fear and our serving and our love. This is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. see what happens if you're in this place and you're a young lady or you're married and you're like, man, it's just that's really not what my house looks like. Or maybe you are the man and you're like, I, I, whoo, I got work to do, man, I know it. And I love that when you understand marriage and having that blessed home and that is a two-way street. That is the husband coming to the wife going, man, it's just, it's time. It's time for me to lead right. I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I have not been the example to you. I've not been the example to my kids. I've not carried the load that I need to carry. I believe another big piece to this, please hear me, is this. As husband... The weight of burden should be on your shoulders. When there's a lot of heaviness, when there's a lot of weight, you need to protect your wife. And Renee knows this, and she's good with this. There's things that happen in this church at times that I don't come in and tell her about. There's meetings I have. That, that There's a lot of meetings I have that are very personal, one-on-one meetings that Renee doesn't know anything about. But there's things that happen in this church that Renee's not to carry that load. That's me. That's my responsibility to carry the load. So no matter what that looks like, men, when, when you've got to make sure that, it, listen, you got to hear this. It, it's not the, the equal load mentality. It, it's not, listen, uh, we're in this together. We're both going to carry this load. Yeah, there's a piece to that with different pieces of life, but it's something that you need to go through, that it's something that you need to carry the load, then it is our responsibility, Christ-like, to take the load off of the family, to take the load off of our wives, that we're the ones to carry that burden so that she doesn't have to, so the children don't have to. That's our responsibility. Just as it was Christ, cast all your care on me. He who are heavy laden, the burden carriers, Christ, where we are the Christ-like head of our homes and we are to carry that burden. 
You see what happens when we get this proper biblical picture of what it is to build a strong family. It takes a strong man to lead that house as God has designed it. And I'm telling you, man, there's, there's people that will be here in person, the people maybe online that'll be like, ah, you're just way off. We just went through Old Testament and New Testament. As God's designed word is husband, you're the head of the wife. And, and, and we got to understand something here. Please hear me. This doesn't mean, this doesn't lessen, please hear me. This doesn't lessen the woman's responsibility in the home at all. I love it because you see in Genesis 2, the guy's like, listen, you need a helper. Like, hey, I'm going to make one suitable for you. You need a helpmate. You need one who is the comforter. I'm going to make someone suitable for you. And God gave us woman as the helper, as one that's suitable for us. And then you see in Proverbs, the Bible says that a, the, the wife is a gift from the Lord. And that, that gift from the Lord is prudent, that she is a prudent wife and she's a gift from the Lord. You got to get this, man, because I want you to hear this. When the Bible says your wife is prudent, that means this. As a man, you better understand her value to this equation of husband and wife, her value to the house for her children. The word prudent means she is a wise guide, that she's an expert. She has discernment and she has discretion. Like, like husbands, if you realize, okay, yes, I'm held responsible. I know that I'm called to carry the load, but man, I'm a fool if I don't, if I don't tap into my wife's understanding, her knowledge, her discernment, her discretion, that God called her a wise guide. I love this. I love this. God says, Renee is your helper. You need to tap into her being a helper. She can help you, Sean. She can help you. Hey, Sean, she is a wise guide. Hey, Sean, she is an expert. Hey, Sean, she has great levels of discernment and discretion. So for me to just to not go to my bride and say, hey, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts on this? Uh, I know you've been praying about this. I want to hear what you have to say about this. I love that because it just draws in the wife as what, what God meant for the helper. The Bible does not okay. Listen, I'm the man. I'm going to do this myself. Listen, you just stay home. I'm going to make all the decisions. I'm going to take care of everything. If there's a decision, I don't need your opinion. I'm going to do this myself. God says I'm the head. Man, I'm the lead. And I don't need no help. I don't need, like, that's not okay with God. He says, no, Sean, it's the opposite. Actually, you need help. If you don't get your wife's understanding and her discernment and her discretion, you, you, you are a fool. I promise you there's been so many times. Hey, Renee, what do you think about this? Or she'll come to me and say, Sean, I see this. And Sean, I've been praying and this is what's been revealed. And Sean, we need to be careful of this person. And Sean, we need to watch out for this person. Sean, you better be careful of this female because I think she's actually after you. And I'm like, oh, please. She's like, no, you better pay attention. And you know what, dude? You better pay attention to when your wife speaks. You better pay attention to when your woman speaks. Because God says she's got wisdom and she's an expert and she's here to help you and she's a wise guide but at the end of the day gentlemen you are 
held to an account of responsibility. Act like a man. Be responsible. Be the provider. Be the protector. Be the one who knows, man, what I think, what I say, and what I do has a reflection of me in my house. When you're called to act like a man, that deals with your character as well. What is on the inside? Are you harsh? Are you angry? Like that, that's, not, that's not being a strong man. Sometimes we equate a strong man as to like a boxer, or we put a, put a strong man as, as to the MMA. We put a strong man in the UFC, which physically they are strong. But man, what happens, what the Bible talks about, what is desirable within a man? Proverbs 19.22, please, if you could put that up there. I want you to see this, because this, I love this. Proverbs is God's advice, and we should take God's advice. Proverbs 19.22 says this, what is desirable within a man is his kindness. I love that. What is desirable within a man is his kindness. And under this word kindness means his loyalty, his faithfulness, that he is true, and he does good works for his family. Like, I love that. What is desirable a man, it's not his harshness. It's not his anger. Of course not. The Bible is opposite of that. You should stay away from an angry man. What is desirable in a man, and this is dealing with man, opposite of woman, man, is his loyalty, his faithfulness, his kindness. And it is better to be a poor man than a liar. That deals with your integrity. That deals with your integrity. Can your wife trust you? Can the people around you trust your words? When you say something, can they bank on it? Can your wife trust what you say? Gentlemen, we got to be very careful on the words that we speak. I think this is a huge issue. We need to be very careful on our exaggeration. We need to be very careful that, that we don't use words that over-exaggerate. We don't use words just to make a point. When, when you start to speak something real, your wife begins to be like, is that how it really went? When I need Renee to listen, when I, when I really need to, to speak something to Renee, I don't want her to question me going, is that really how it went down? Because we need to be men who walk in integrity. We need men who walk right. We need men who understand if, if I am not speaking truth, if I exaggerate everything, when it matters, we're going to be pegged as, I don't know if that's accurate. Man, we need to be very careful. It's better to be poor than have no integrity. It's better to be poor than a liar. You better put this in check. What is desirable within a man is his kindness. I got one minute. Proverbs 20, verse 6, please. And I love this because I want to speak to the men and I want to speak to the, the ladies briefly on this. Many a man, many a man proclaims his own loyalty. Like any man's going to come to you and say, man, I'm loyal, I'm faithful, I'm true. Like men will say that. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? You know what it's saying in this is many a man will brag about their faithfulness, their loyalty, that you can trust them, 
But then underneath that, it says, but who can find? Which means they're rare. And I pray that we have rare men in this church. I pray that we have a foundation that has been built on rare men who can be trusted. And if you're young, a young woman and you're not yet married and you know that that is God's plan for you, I encourage you. You find a man who's rare. You find a man who's rare. And I'm a big fan of finding him at church. I'm a big fan of finding a God-fearing man where they should be. They should be in church. And please hear me, ladies. Don't get deceived. I'm not saying every man who comes to Believer's Chapel is a God-fearing man. I'm not saying that. I'm working on that. I also say this, ladies. If you're waiting for Jesus, he ain't coming. Like if you expect, like if you fill your tub and say, I'm going I'm, I'm to give my life to the man who can walk on water. Your tub's going to be full for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't saying he's perfect. I'm just saying if you're waiting for perfect, what is desirable within a man is his kindness. Come on, if you could just stand to your feet, please. God's word is clear on what it is to build a strong family. That formula starts with a strong man. And maybe you're a man in this house and you're like, Sean, I just this ain't, woo, conversation. It may not go well in the car. Because you might be in a difficult place where you have a woman who won't give up the reins. All I'm saying is, man, if you want God's design plan that is abundantly blessed and good, happy in all your ways, just do it his way. Just do it his way. Men, if you're in this place, you need to apologize. You, you go and you ask your wife for forgiveness. And say, come on, give me a shot. Let me lead. Wives, you need to maybe give up the reins and say, honey, I need you to lead me. I want you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this message for a long time. Come on, just bow your heads just for a moment. Maybe this is that. Maybe this is... You as a wife been like, I've been waiting for my man to hear this. And you throw the reins at him and say, please lead, lead me. Protect me. Provide for me. Value me. Hear me. I pray that this is that moment. And maybe this is the time right now. to make that change. Strong families are led by strong men who understand the responsibility lays on us. Lord, I pray over husbands and wives. I pray over high school students. I pray over college students. I pray over those who are single and yet looking. God, we do it your way. We do it your way. And we get your results. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Let this seed just sit in our spirits as we learn and grow. In 
Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Hey, as Tracy sings, if anyone needs prayer for any reason, come on up, man. We'd love to pray for you. Come on, seek us tonight, 6 o'clock. It will be a powerful, powerful night as we give God this month.